This is another MP3 podcast from 2NURFM at the University of Newcastle, Australia. On 2NURFM 103.7, we're talking travel. And Sally Lucas' train journeys are always exciting, but this one's the best of them all, the tops. Well, it's, I'd say maybe. I haven't done it yet because it's only so new, and I think it would be a wonderful thing to do. But this is the world's highest train, they're calling it, and the Chinese authorities are celebrating the first passenger train on the new Qinghai to Tibet Railway, and it's been hailed a, as a momentous engineering achievement. Um, apparently passengers on the first trip said they're overwhelmed by the experience. It's 1,140 kilometres long. Oh, that's long. So yes. it's opening up. Uh, you know, China into Tibet a bit more, which actually the Tibetans, I was reading an article recently, are a little bit worried since this has been being built about how much the Chinese will interfere in their lifestyle. But that's another story, isn't it? It should be an impact on their lifestyle, whichever way it happens. It yes. will be. And at one stage, or at some stages rather, on this journey, the actual rail line reaches 5,072 metres above sea level. It's, I mean, I've seen photos and it looks absolutely amazing, some of the terrain it goes over. Anyhow, there's a, a Sydney tour company who's already um, jumped on the bandwagon here to promote a new tour on this railway journey. So I just thought I'd mention that because there's a lot of train buffs out there and this is a really absolutely is a wonderful engineering feat and so new. It's only all happened in the last week that it opened. Um, and they're running trips 26 August and 9 September. And again, two additional departures, 23 September and 7 October. They're limiting it to 20 passengers per departure. And it's $4,488 ex-Sydney. You get two nights Beijing, two nights in Xining, you're overnight on the rail, and Lhasa for four nights, uh, Chengdu for two nights, and Chang Shanghai, rather, for two nights. So it's a 15-day itinerary, and it includes all your airfares, four-star hotel accommodation, um, soft sleeper rail with an escort, um, your transfers, and most meals. So... For someone who's wanting to do something really different, hop on this new railway from China into Tibet. It'd be a wonderful experience. And they are the highest mountains in the world, those mountains. Exactly. So it'd be fantastic scenery as well. So we're just talking, I guess, a few different things you can do in travel this week. So that's one of them. Then moving right along, I just thought we'd talk about a little part of Ireland. Ah, and um, we've all got a little bit of Irish in us, I think, or a lot of Australians do. There's a lot of connections in our, in our forebears to Ireland. And just thought I'd talk about Waterford which is one of Ireland's oldest cities, and it's got lots to offer in that area because it's in the west area or west county, which offers magnificent mountain settings, which is great for walking. Um, also, you've got uh, r- rather attractive small fishing villages as well along really tranquil and scenic coastlines. Um, and then you've got the region, that whole region, the capital is Waterford, which is um, in a harbour that owes much to the uh, 9th century Vikings, who actually named the port Vardra Fjord. Um, and there's also quaint and little villages all along there. They've got the uh, island's tidiest town, which is Lismore, of all things. So I didn't realise Lismore was a, an Irish an name. An Irish name. So there you go. And apparently there's a stunning castle there called Lismore Castle as well. Um, Anyway, the coast, of course, is noted for shore fishing and beaches and all that sort of stuff. And it's even got surfing in that part of the world as well now. But Waterford, of course, is famous for the hand-cut crystal of Waterford Crystal. And um, a crystal clear choice, can I say that, for a day out would be to go to the Waterford Crystal uh, Factory, of course, which is fully equipped with a visitor's centre and tour facilities. And then you'll hear the story of the world-famous glass from its beginning in the 18th century to its current position as brand leaders in the world. So... Crystal, I believe, is not as easy to get these days either. Like, crystal isn't made a lot as it used to be in the past. Um, I was talking to a friend who's attending a wedding in Calcutta, 
And what you had to bring for the bride and groom, she had to wear a sari, so she was rushing out when she got there to buy a sari, etc. They had to provide crystal, but only of the best quality. And she was having difficulty getting it. So it's interesting, isn't it? It's just not as popular as it once was. Probably, but anyway. Probably because it breaks so Well, it does, and I guess readily. it is expensive too. Glass is breakable, isn't yeah, it? Yeah, exactly. It's expensive well, to replace. In my house, I'm always breaking glasses. Mm. I'm well-renowned for it. So I only ever buy them when they're on special when I get my wine glasses. You need a, <laughs> need a trip to Waterford. I do. But it's also got a wonderful museum there, which is apparently the most high-tech museum um, in Ireland, uh, which is something that people may not be aware of. And it was uh, gained runner-up in the European Museum of the Year competition recently as well. So it's housed in a restored granary, and it's um, got an extensive range of rare and beautiful architects, etc., in there as well. And, of course, it's famous as a commercial city and port. So, And the estuary is deep enough, apparently, to allow modern ships right up to the city is key, which is an interesting thing, and the port is still uh, one of Ireland's busiest ports. So, and, and the, of course, the tall ships race is starting there this year on the 9th of July, so uh-huh. people might be interested in that. And every year they have a light opera festival in there as well, so and that takes place in September and October. So there's wonderful things to do, as we all know, in Ireland. I just thought today we'd just talk about Waterford as somewhere... Really, you should include on your Irish itinerary, obviously. Sounds good. I just thought I'd mention... I'm just moving from one thing to another here... Um, game lodges in South Africa lately have been renowned for being pretty expensive and a lot of people think, oh gosh, you know, I don't think we can afford to do this. There's one that's just, um, I've read about recently called Drifter's Game Lodge and it's in the northern part of Kruger, situated in a 30,000 hectare privately owned um, park, but it's alongside Kruger. And you can experience all the usual, you know, game that you would see anywhere else there from lion, rhinos, etc. And they have game walks, the open vehicle drives, etc. And the accommodation is in eight luxury insect-proof um, cottages, or if you like, thatch cottages. And each suite has an inner tented sleeping chamber, um, which offer you, you know, the full spectrum of the sounds of the African night, of course, but within safety. Um, they've all appointed uh, with bathroom, with shower, and a private patio overlooking um, uh, a riverbed, so which is fantastic. And it's got a central lodge as well, which offers big shady verandas and a lounge overlooking a rock pool and etc. So that just to me sounded fantastic. And you can actually get accommodation there for two fifty five per person. And I just thought that was quite reasonable for a game park because a lot of them now are going into like, you know, even 800 a night and something. So, you know, quite, quite expensive. And this includes meals, accommodation, a game drive, and they pick you up from the closest airport, which is Eastgate Airport, which is, you can fly up to from Johannesburg. And as I said, 17 k's north of the gateway to the Kruger National Park. So just to mention that to people, there are obviously some you know, less expensive options if you're thinking of going to Africa when really you do want to see the game parks if you going to be going to Africa. You do indeed. That's what it's all about. Yes. We're talking travel on to a new RFM 103.7 and Sally Lucas, we're off to Italy now for an exciting festival. Well it is and it mightn't be everybody's cup of tea but we're all different and it's an Italian music festival. It's not till July next year but it's the festival um, of Puccini. Puccini. Can't get much more musical than that. No. And it, this, the area where it is is called Torre del Lago, which is between the lake of Massachicoli and the Tyrrhenian Sea, which is four kilometres from um, the beaches of Viareggio on the Tuscan Riviera and about 18 kilometres from Luca and Pisa. 
just to give you an idea where it is. The festival apparently welcomes about 40,000 spectators every year to its open-air theatre. And it's apparently just a few steps from the Villa Mausoleum where Giacomo Puccini lived and worked. Mm. Um, and his mortal remains apparently are still in a small chapel inside the villa. So I just thought that was interesting. And apparently Torre del Lago is a, a favourite destination of opera lovers and tourists who wish to visit the places where he was a well, a most beloved composer of the 20th century. So I just thought that's an interesting one for people who are into opera. Yeah, I dare say there'd be a few of his operas being performed. I dare say they would. Because usually the, the other area that's usually promoted, and I don't know whether you can remember in Germany... Starts with B. Bayreuth. Bayreuth. Yes, Wagner that's Festival. the one, that, the Wagner yes. one. But I mean, it gets, I mean, Wagner's a lot heavier than, than Puccini. But I just think it's this is something very different. So, but anyone that's into opera, um, it includes return airfares, accommodation in four-star hotels, bed and breakfast, ten dinners are included, tickets um, in a good position for the actual opera uh, for Madame Butterfly, and also for Aida uh, in the Arena of Verona. Um, you're getting excursions included in Rome, Lake Como, um, and accommodations in villas in the Tuscany region as well, wine tours, etc., etc., and a stopover in Dubai. It's a 15-day package, um, and, yes, it's, it's 16th to the 28th of July next year, so if anyone's interested in Puccini, that sounds like something wonderful to do. Mm. I have actually been to a, uh, an opera in the amphitheatre at Verona, and it's very, very atmospheric. Yeah, I'm very sure nice. it would be to I do anything Puccini like there, that. Actually. Yes? yes, oh, there you go. Well, you should, maybe you should be going to see Puccini where he was born. <laughs> Indeed. <laughs> um, another interesting thing, and this is something I've mentioned to you before, Jane, that I would still love to do, and I, I just looked at some photos today, and they were just so gorgeous, um, about a couple who've just come back from a honeymoon in Thailand and have went up to see the tigers, the tigers, you know, at the temple there. And I just think it's the name, and I know I'm probably going to pronounce this incorrectly, Wat Pa Luang Ta, Yana Sampano Forest Monastery, also known as Kanchanaburi Tiger Temple, but that's the place. Um, and they're actually now expanding it even further. They work a lot on donations and people. They're actually giving the, the tigers a, a larger area to roam in. Um, you know, there's been some um, little cubs there now, which are only 80 kilos. They're just babies. Whereas the big moggies, if you want to call them that, are sort of, you know, I think they're about... 150 kilos so you're talking big animals but you just look at some of these photos and you just can't believe you could be there hugging a tiger it's you know it's just unbelievable so and they're tame enough for that yes they they wouldn't let you do it i mean you have to obviously you know apply to go in and there, there's a fee but um it's something you can just do as a day trip out of bangkok and have a photo taken. and you can have a photo taken and there's some of them here playing in the water some of the cubs and it's just yeah just a wonderful thing to do if you're wanting to go to thailand i think i, I just love animals so i'm i'm a real sook so it'd be something i'd always want to do anyway and then something different again, how about India? Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Different now, kinds of This tigers. is a, a different sort of touring company. Uh, it's called Kamuka. What they do, it's based, if you like, on adventure-style travel. So they don't say it's got to be under 35. They just say as long as you've got a reasonable fitness level and you're aged between 18 and 55. They only take small groups, maximum 16 on any of their itineraries. So it, it's a, an interesting way of travelling. And they use a combination of accommodations, etc. when they travel. This one actually... Um, it, it is basically hotel accommodation for 21 nights. You're desert camping for one night in, in the desert and you're staying in forts for two nights and there's a couple of nights on a sleeper train. So it's a mixture, um, but it includes all your breakfasts, a couple of lunches, a few dinners, 
all your inclusions, all your highlights, etc. And just to give you an idea of, of the itinerary, you start in Delhi. Of course, you do, do Agra and the Taj Mahal, Jaipur, um, Amber, Fort, um, where are we? Pushkar. And a couple of times of the year, or once a year, sorry, but this year again, next year, they go there when the Pushkar camel fares on. So that can be included. I think it's October this year and November this next year. Uh, Jodhpur, of course, Rangpur, Udaipur. Um, Varanasi, um, River Ganges, of course, Kajuraho, uh, Chanderi, back to Delhi, um, Ranthambore National Park as well, uh, Fatipur Sikri, and yeah, look, wonderful itinerary, and it's got heaps of departures going over the next 12 months. So if anyone's interested, there's a, a not, well, what can I say, it's, it's not hard it's not trekking or anything like that, but I mean, it's you're going to lots of different things. There are walks and things you do. So as long as you've just got a reasonable fitness level, and as I said, it's 18 to 55. So there you go. That's something interesting to do in India. Mm. So we're covering lots of different areas today. Thank you, Sally Lucas, from Thanks, our Jane. sponsor, Travel World on King. And we'll be talking travel again next Friday after the one o'clock news on 2NURFM 103.7.